What is up, Kangaroo Chasers? On this episode, Big T becomes best friends with Jason Taylor, the man who will forever be the North Sydney Bears' highest point scorer. I'm Michael Carboni. This is episode 82 of the Chasing Kangaroos podcast. You're listening to Chasing Kangaroos, the rugby league podcast for fans who are passionate about seeing the game played in more places. Welcome back, guys, to another ep, and it's going to be, once again, a little bit different. Normally, we talk international rugby league development. We're going closer to home today. Uh, North Sydney Bears, Jason Taylor, um, you all know who he is, played for the Western Suburbs, Magpies, North Sydney Bears, Northern Eagles, Parramatta Eels, Coach Para, Souths, West Tigers as well, uh, and T spoke to him about uh, some interesting stuff actually. So he, he obviously talked development, because this is all about hashtag grow the game. So he talked about development uh, that the North Sydney Bears are, are doing uh, in men's, women's and juniors as well, but he also talked about what this season has been like for the Bears. So obviously things are very different. They're normally the the Roosters feeder club, but they're kind of sitting outside of that bubble this year. So it's kind of a little bit old school in how it's all working because you don't have players moving up and down, training with the Roosters and coming back to New South Wales Cup and things like that. So it's a little bit different and it's um, quite fascinating to hear how it's all working. So looking forward to, to that after our Golden Points, of course. Now, before we get to Golden Points, I just want to say thank you to all of our listeners who took part in our very special listener call-in, our, our talkback radio episode last week. It was amazing. Like I said at the start, could have been the, the best or the worst episode ever. I think it was one of my favorites. It was great to hear from listeners from all over the world. And it just really made me realize, I kind of knew this already, but to actually hear the voices and the diversity um, of our listeners, it's fantastic. We've got we've got a very wide audience and it's just amazing to hear from you guys. The feedback was fantastic. So good that um, we're going to have to do it again. We'll probably do it again later this year, maybe towards the end. Um, I've already got a list of people who want to be a part of that. So, uh, And if you want to be part of that, let me know as well. Hit us up in the DMs on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Let us know you'd like to be a part of the next one. I'll put you on the list, and we'll go from there. I do I do want to say, if we've got any female listeners, it sounds like we have no female listeners based on the callers that we had. They're all, all male. So we want to hear from you, female listeners, on the next one. So let us know. Uh, you'll get special preference. We'll get you on the next uh, Talkback Radio podcast. But it was a lot of fun. And I can't wait to do it again. So big thank you to everyone involved. Um, guys, let's get to some golden points before I hand it over to Big T, uh, who became best friends with Jason Taylor during this chat. They had a great convo. And uh, Andrew Voss is a little bit jealous because uh, he thinks he's Big T's best friend. But look, I think there's plenty of Big T to go around, guys. So yeah, we'll get into that shortly. But um, let's start in North America. So golden point, North America. And Sky Sports have revealed that Super League organisers are insisting that plans to increase rugby league's presence in North America will not be derailed by Toronto Wolfpack's failure to complete their inaugural season. So Eric Perez remains committed to overseeing Ottawa's entry into League One next year. Uh, while Ricky will be over in New York, still intends to follow suit in 2022. It's good to hear that no matter what happens with the Wolfpack, you know, the the plans should be going forward. We keep hearing different things about the Wolfpack. Uh, we heard that there were four potential buyers interested, uh, that New York were one of those. Uh, New York have since pulled out of that race, but apparently there's still three. So I heard Newcastle Thunder were one, not sure where they're sitting at the moment. I heard about a potential uh, buyer coming from the sort of Middle East, sort of Abu Dhabi sort of region. Not sure how much truth there is to that. I'm not sure who the other one is, but the D-Day is fast approaching and the Wolfpack are going to need to be, they're going to need a saviour basically. Uh, but we are hearing more and more that the Super League clubs led by St. Helens and Leeds, uh, they want 12 teams ne- in next year's Super League and they want the Wolfpack to be that 12th side. So that is good news. As for the other clubs, it's going to be interesting and like, We've heard from Ricky Wilby, we've heard from Eric Perez about their plans and they want to keep moving forward and they want to make sure that 2021, 2022, they are there. I think from Ottawa's perspective, it's going to be interesting because I think 2021, like the world might still be very similar to what it is right now and international borders and international travel might still be difficult. So perhaps borders will be open in parts of Europe, but that 
that Canadian, that transatlantic border between Canada and the UK, there may still be some difficulty there. So I'm interested to know if there's a plan B. Eric says that there is a plan B, that they do have a plan in case there won't be international travel. I have reached out to, to some of my contacts over there in Ottawa. Um, they, they can't talk too much yet, So they but they have confirmed that there is a plan. I can only assume that that plan would be to base themselves in the UK for the first season, which wouldn't be ideal, but at least they're getting a start. And it just means that they'll probably be 12 months behind on building up some momentum and a, and a bit of a platform and a supporter base uh, in their home country. But look, I think that's better than nothing. I had a shower for, uh, thought or a brain fart as well that maybe it would be pretty cool if plan B was to base themselves in the south of France. Um, again, not too sure what the borders would be like, but assuming Catalana moving back and forth, then an Ottawa based in the south of France. We've given their French connections, French coach, couple of French players, um, multilingual city, uh, that is Ottawa. I think it could be really cool if an Ottawa based in the south of France, maybe out of Toulouse or some, uh, anywhere, would be really cool. So, yeah, that, that that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. But good to hear that no matter what happens with the Wolfpack, uh, Ottawa moving forward and New York hopefully moving forward as well. Uh, golden point sticking in the UK. So St. Helens forward Morgan Knowles has reignited the international qualification debate uh, in the UK by switching allegiances from Wales to England in the lead up to the 2021 World Cup. So he's been made a part of uh, Sean Wayne's English squad. And, you know, there's been a bit of, uh, I guess, a little bit of, there's no, I wouldn't say controversy, but, you know, there's been differing opinions as to whether or not this is the right, this is right or this is good for the game. For me, like the rules are in place, so we're all aware of the T1 to T2 and 3 rules that if you um, represent a T1 nation, you cannot represent another T1 nation, but you can bounce around between T1 and T2 or 3. So in this case, I think it's totally fine, and given our our international climate at the moment for rugby league and appetite for rugby league, I think I understand why the rules are there, you know, because we want those T2 and 3 nations to be as strong as possible. So we need to give, you know, heritage players the flexibility to be able to play for a T2 nation without um, ruining their chances of representing a T1 nation. In the case of Morgan Knowles, born in Cumbria, Northern English lad through and through um, and does represent Wales through his mother's heritage. So obviously the goal for him is always going to be England. Um, So he's going to get a chance to do that. But if he doesn't make that squad for the 2021 World Cup, he also has the opportunity to drop, and drop is probably the wrong word, but in terms of T1, T2, he has the opportunity to go back to Wales and represent his heritage again. So look, at the moment, we don't see a problem with that. It's like saying, oh, James Tedesco should be playing for Italy because he first represented them at the World Cup. So that's obviously not going to happen. Eventually, the idea is obviously that we have more T1 nations and there is less bouncing around because of that, because of the rules in place. For the time being, Morgan Knowles, if you want to represent England, then go for it, buddy, and good luck to you. And I hope that English squad is as strong as it possibly can be at 2021. Uh, Golden Point, sticking in the region, Golden Point to Ireland. So the All-Irish Domestic Grand Final was due to take place last weekend, but it's been postponed due to new COVID restrictions in country. Uh, We expected to see the Longhorns take on Galway on a date to be confirmed in September now. And uh, I'm tipping the Longhorns for that one. I've been I've been chatting to a few of the boys there, Nick Emmett, and of course Ronan Michael's been back at the club as well, the the, the Huddersfield Giant and in Canberra ex Canberra Raider. He's been back at the club, and it's it's you know they're the they're the incumbent champions. I think they'll do it again, and uh, good luck to them. Hopefully they can get a date confirmed and everything's okay for the All Irish Grand Final. Golden point over to Serbia. So the future is bright for Partizan Belgrade. Big T will be happy about this one. They took out the Serbian under-18s Nines Festival last weekend, uh, defeating the likes of Red Star Belgrade, Dorkuti Grove, and the Marijavia Leskovac. Um, guys, if I pronounce that incorrectly, let me know. But good to see Partizan. We've said for a while they're building up in those junior grades, uh, and they're just getting more and more strength, and hopefully eventually they'll be able to take on the might of Red Star Belgrade uh, in the senior competition, uh, which, by the way, the seniors due to commence in September uh, once again, so they, they came back from COVID, country went back into some COVID restrictions for sport, 
and hopefully they're going to be starting again at senior level in September. We're waiting to hear a confirmation of dates there. What I am hearing from the ground is that uh, Division 1 will will go ahead or continue as usual, Uh, but Division 2, there might be some issues there in terms of obviously all the COVID stuff that's been going on. Uh, and some of those Division Two teams may choose to focus more on that 18s and juniors level rather than the full second division competition. So we wait to hear what's happening there. But good to see Rugby League reawakening again after reawakening uh, in Serbia. A golden point Fiji. So the Fiji Vodafone Cup 2020 round two results are in. So the Saru Dragons remain undefeated. They beat the Nadi Eels 14 to 12. I'm liking the look of those, not just because they're the Dragons guys. Our West Coast Storm 18 beat the Nadroga Roosters 10. Ravararo Rabbitohs a champion. Champions 30 defeated the Namoli Tigers 12, the Sabito Roosters 22 over the Yasawa Saints 4, and the Coastline Roos. Maybe we should sponsor them. Coastline Roos 16. They defeated the Vatuka uh, Tigers. So lots of Tigers, Roosters, Storm. Yeah, it's fantastic. I'm loving uh, the Fijian competition over there, just like I'm loving the Papua New Guinea Digicel Cup this year. It's been incredible. And if you haven't already, make sure you're catching our five-minute episodes every Tuesday by uh, Matt Church, the PNG Hunters coach. He gives us a, a quick five-minute wrap-up of the round at, at PNG Digicel Cup level. It's been fascinating to watch Lay Tigers undefeated, but the Port Moresby Vipers are coming for them. I'm confident. I'm confident in the Vipers. Uh, but Big T disagrees with me, that's for sure. Um, but yeah, make sure you're listening to that. It's uh, fascinating, fascinating stuff. And we're just trying to give more exposure to that PNG Digicel Cup because we think it deserves it. It should be right up there. So um, yeah, make sure you're catching that and following along with what's going on. Our golden point over to Spain. So reports came in, and you may have seen this, guys, over the last couple of days, but a former Dalian medal and men are still recipient, Ben Barber may be taking up a lifeline to play professional rugby league in Spain. Uh, so the club, of course, well, there's only one professional club uh, in Spain, which is the Valencia Harcanes, who are taking part in the Euro 13s. Of course, the man behind it, Dean Buchan, uh, is the man behind Euro 13s as well, one of the men behind Euro 13s. This all came out in a court case. So he's, uh, Ben Barber's lawyer um, said that he has this opportunity. I, I can confirm that discussions have taken place according to the guys from Spain. A, a formal offer or a contract has not been put forward yet at time of recording, um, but apparently all parties are quite receptive to the opportunity. I'm not sure how I, how I feel about it, to be honest with you. Um, I know we're a sport that likes to give a second chance, um, but I feel like and, th- and this is going to be polarizing. I think half the listeners, half of you guys are going to disagree with me, but half of you will agree, and that's fine. But I feel like Ben Barber has been given a couple of chances already, but he keeps sort of repeating personal, I don't want to call them mistake, they're, they're mistakes, but they're like, he's, you know, doing things to people that are not good. And there doesn't seem to be remorse there or, or improvement. He just seems to be repeating these mis- these these issues. So I don't know how many chances you, you give someone like that. Uh, just my opinion. As Big T says, opinions are our own or my own. I don't know if I'd be giving him that chance. Now, from his perspective, of course, I'm sure as a 32-year-old on the field, hasn't played rugby league for a couple of years, but at that Euro 13s level for Valencia, he would absolutely tear it up. Like they would jump to favoritism in that competition. And, you know, which would be probably a good thing for the competition to have that sort of exposure. But I just question if that's the kind of exposure that I would I would want myself. And that's just me. I don't know if I'd want a spotlight for that reason. So it sort of makes me question, like, are Valencia looking at bringing him in and helping build rugby league in Spain and, and mix with the players and add a spotlight on there, that might be a good thing. But is Ben Barber really going to be there for the right reasons or be able to do that? I'm not too sure. What I will say is that I, I believe there are other top-line players that Valencia are speaking to or looking at, not quite Ben Barber calibre, but they might be semi-recognisable to some of us. Um, so that shows their intentions. Uh, it possibly shows an, uh, some seriousness about pushing for League One in the near future, which is a good thing. But look, at the end of the day, Ben Barber, too many chances for mine. And I'm not comfortable about se- I don't feel comfortable seeing him back in our game. 
even though he'd light it up on the field. And uh, look, just me, as I said. Uh, but yeah, golden point. Let's move on to something more positive. So Rugby League World Cup 2021 and World Cup 2021 ticket prices have been revealed. They've come down to make the event more inclusive and affordable post-COVID. And um, look, I think it's a good thing. They've got targets to hit in terms of numbers. They want to have twice as many crowd numbers as last World Cup. That's obviously going to be COVID dependent and, and restriction dependent. Uh, but they have said that there is 100% money back guarantees if there are restrictions closer to the World Cup. But yeah, prices are great. People are going to, people should be all over it, especially in the UK. And um, John Dutton, our friend, uh, CEO of, of the Rugby League World Cup 2021, he's been on the show before and he'll be back with me next week to talk about that and a few other things as well, a few other exciting announcements too. So we're looking forward to that. Look out for that one next week. And final golden point, this one came through to me yesterday, but golden point, Poland and the Warsaw Tritons have topped the Polish Domestic League at the conclusion of the three-round four-club series. It's the first of its kind. We've spoken about it before, and the Triton- Tritons now will face the Sroki Lod side. And Sroki, if I pronounce that correctly, it means magpies. That's the Lod's magpies over in Poland. They'll, pl- they'll face in the grand final. Date and venues to be confirmed. But follow us on the socials, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We normally talk about these sort of things there as well, so keep a lookout for that. Guys, um... Thanks. That's all from plenty of news around the world of rugby league at the moment, which is fantastic considering the environment that the world is in. It just keeps rolling and and rugby league seems to be growing everywhere. Big shout out to our friends, mascordbrowns.com, mascordbrowns.com.au. Don't forget that discount code 2020vision for 10% off exclusive for kangaroo chasers. And big shout out to Billy Forrester who sent me a photo of, of... him wearing some shorts, just his long, beautiful legs. And I don't know if he was trying to turn me on or what, Billy, but it didn't quite work. But then I saw the shorts, the SP PNG Hunter shorts. And that, that, I like that. Um, and he said, why are you sending me this, bro? And Billy said that, uh, just letting you know, I purchased these bad boys, got 10% off with the discount code. So thank you very much. So be like Billy and uh, use 2020vision at mascorebrowns.com and mascorebrowns.com.au. Guys, that's enough for me. I'm going to throw it over to Big T and his new best best friend, Jason Taylor. Can't wait to listen to it. I'll be back next week. Fuck yeah, nawari. Thanks, Carb. Sitting patiently on the phone with me today is a man who played over 270 games for the West Magpies, North Sydney Bears and Parramatta Eels combined. He went on to coach Parramatta, South and the West Tigers. He's currently the head coach of the Foundation Club, the North Sydney Bears, recently taking them to the finals. Jason Taylor, welcome to Chasing Kangaroos. Thanks, Big T. Happy to be here, mate. Now, um, at, at the risk of embarrassing you, my some of my fondest memories are watching um, the Bears run around in the 90s. Although I'm a Tigers fan, I'm also a Bears fan. So I got into it uh, as a kid watching you run around. What's your – how did you get into rugby league? Um, well, I started playing at the age of uh, six and I don't really remember. It was something to do with just <laughs> wanting to – Wanting to play the game of rugby league, sort of my mum relays it to me. I played, I played a year of soccer prior, and then I wanted to play league, she told me. And, um, and so I went and joined a local team. I grew up in the southwestern suburbs at Ashcroft. Mm-hmm. I actually played for Ashcroft the first year, and it was it, the team sort of dissolved. So then I went to the Green Valley team, which was down the road a bit. We had some really good seasons. Then I ended up going back to Ashcroft. Um, but just just loved every minute of it. And, and was your mum instrumental then in getting into football, or was there a family member that was instrumental? Well, I think just my mum being open to the fact that I said I'd like to play that game, and she said okay. Mm. So there wasn't. So mum mum raised four kids, and I had two older sisters and a younger brother, and so we both the two of us got into got into footy at a pretty young age. Just we, we're always a sporting family, right. um, so. Yeah, we just no no. I sort of had three mothers because the two girls were older, and, and my mum, and um, and they didn't know anything about this game, but <laughs> I wanted to play, and my brother came along as well, and we went for it. Now you you made out there that your mum's relaying most of those memories. So do you have what? What do you think is your first memory then of playing football or, or being around football? Oh, I remember training down at uh, Stanwell Park that for the for that Ashcroft team, so that would have been when I was six. Mm. I have these like f- fuzzy memories of playing soccer before that as well, but I don't. It's, it's funny how you just you know it's such a long time ago and yeah. you're so young. Um, one of the things that I that I seem to think I remember was I kicked, <laughs> yeah. I kicked I kicked the goal. I think it's just probably because it got talked about so much. I kicked the goal. Um, 
when I was seven uh, over the full-size posts. So because you know how they play mini footy yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and stuff these days. So when I grew up, um, as lots of people did, you just played full field. Um, and so you played the full, the, the full field, the 100 metre long field, and there's all these little kids running around in a group on the field. Yeah. Um, when I played for Green Valley, there was a guy by the name of Jamie Ainsco who played in my team as well. Wow. He ended up playing for the for a few teams, played in the 1999 grand final. Um, and he was really fast always. And our coach came up with this move called Rockets. And what it was, because the field was so big and we were so little, like yeah. I was really under sevens or eights, I'd call rockets and when we were deep in our half and just kick the ball as far as I could and Ainsco would just race everyone to the ball and pick it up <laughs> and score. Yes. And uh, that was that was our best move. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> so, hold on, you're an organising half kicking goals from the sideline at seven. No wonder you went no, on the such a long... No, 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 no. Let's be very clear. The goals weren't from the sideline. No matter where you scored, you get the kicks from in front. Right, right, right. Um, as you do now. But when they're under sevens these days, they kick over those smaller posts, you know? Yeah, yeah. My yeah. son's playing. He just he just went into under tens this year, which is a they play almost a full-size field and they have the full-size goalposts and he's mm. sort of been winging how the, the posts are too big for him and I'm like, just get on with it, Brady. <laughs> now, a lot of a lot of players who have um, or ex players who have sons or, 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 or kids go on to their kids. You know, there's like a pedigree, and and some people say it's because their last name helps them up. But often there's got to be something else to it. There can't be that many. You know, Mitchell Pierce can't be there just because of his last name, or all of the Sirenans can't be there because of their last name. Is there something that happens? Well, you know, is it around the dinner table that, that you're also getting extra insight or? Well, it's definitely genetics, isn't it? But the yeah, I think the insights are massive. But it's it's, it's genetics first and foremost. Right. Uh, you know, these, these kids are born with it. You know, the ones who are going to make it are born with it. And then, um, you know, there are some that are born with it but don't work hard enough. And it's mm. the ones that are born with it but are prepared to put the work in. They'll they'll get there usually. Um, but then, you know, there are great insights um, that you can give to. You know, that I give to my son that. I know, um, and I'm coaching his team because I sort of realised early on that I was going to be taking him to training every day and, <laughs> yeah. and, and I was going to be going to watch his games. So it was yeah. like, well, I probably can help coach the team, so I probably should. Um, but I, look, I've got to tell you this story. You'll love it. Um, being a Tigers fan, so when I was coaching the Tigers, when it was his first year, and um, we went down and the coach was really, really doing a good job and I was really happy with the job he was doing. But on the way to training, he said, he's my son, said, you know when sometimes, like Marty says, we have to um, hold the ball in two hands all the time and um, I find it really hard when I'm running fast to hold it in two hands. And I said, well, that's a great point. You probably, when you're running your fastest, you probably will put the ball in one hand, under one arm, because that allows you to run faster. Mm. And he goes, Okay. So he never said anything more. We're just driving to training. Anyway, we get to, we get to the training, and I'm just luckily I'm in within earshot of of the coach saying to them, "All right, first thing we're going to do is going to work on holding the ball like a hamburger. You got to hold the ball in two hands. We want the ball in two hands all the time, which is a great coaching tip." So my son Heath puts up his hand, and the first thing that comes out out of his mouth is, uh, "Um, Marty, my dad's the coach of the West Tigers." And- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and he Preface said that you don't it. always have to hold the ball in two <laughs> <laughs> I love that you're smart enough to put in the caveat. Like, I mean, you're good, Marty, but you're not this good. Like, yeah, this isn't first grade. My first grade. Oh, wow. Mate, I raced over there in a flash and just mm. clarified what I was saying about the fact <laughs> when you're running at speed, you might then put the ball under one arm. Oh, yeah. God, yeah. I'm I'm sure I never gave him any tips on the way to training yeah. after that. <laughs> and I'm sure, I'm sure your son's coach is sitting there with his, you know, teeth gritting his teeth, going, "I know who your dad is. I know he's <laughs> yeah. over there. I'm sure he's right." Yeah. Um, so there's there's coaching. Do the boys do rockets now? You told have you got your son doing the rockets? It's funny you say that because uh, yeah, as I say, this is the first year that we've gone to a bigger field. Um, and on the weekend, one of our players on the first ta- it was zero tackle, right? So we got a handover five metres out from from our own line, oh, no. and one of the other guys was out on the wing sort of pointing. So it wasn't my son. It was another player just tapped the ball and kicked it long, and the guy who was pointing sprinted down, the ball bounced up for him, he ran and scored a try. And Unbelievable. We were like, 
Well, everyone's saying to me that was amazing. And I said, well, we have not trained that once. Yeah. I have no idea what happened. Anyway, well, then we talked to them about it after the game. And apparently the guy who was pointing was wanting the ball to be passed to him. The guy who took the tap <laughs> thought he meant kick it, so yeah. he kicked it. And in the end, it was amazing. Yeah. And you look great. Everyone doesn't understand what's happening, but they've ended up with a try because of the cohesion, Jason. Well done, yeah. sir. They believe yeah, in each other. nothing to do with the Rockets. Uh, okay, so that, that that sounds like a great transition into what you're doing now. So you're working currently as the um, head coach with North Sydney Bears. What does that entail week to week? Well, it entails getting the boys ready to play. Mm. Um, so uh, this is my second season and absolutely loving loving the role. Uh, it's, it's great to be back with the Bears. So this year we're playing in a President's Cup yeah. competition, which is a statewide competition which has been put together by New South Wales Rugby League on the back of the COVID situation, uh, and we're so blessed to be to be playing in it. Um, and that's sort of a team that we've made up with. I, I, look, I call them our part-time players because they go to work all day and they, they come to training at night and they love the game and they still play in, in their 20s just because they love the game and I, and I love coaching them. Now, last year, and, and normally, I'll be coaching the, the the Bears in the Canterbury Cup competition, which is um, akin to the reserve grade competition, and that's where we have a feeder situation with the Roosters, and uh, we get uh, some of their full-time squad that come back and play with us. Okay, so they're full-time players that are training with the Roosters mm. each week, and then they come back and, and make up, the, you know, they don't only make up the numbers, they obviously bring some high-quality players yeah. back um, and so that's that's the role. So this this one right now, we get to have all of our players at training all week, and we've got some really young guys, and um, I'm really working hard on on upskilling those guys, and we're doing okay and and getting better. And that's easier than than uh, what it is normally because what it is normally is uh, the Roosters guys train together. They are making up the numbers for training sessions over there. And then what happens is they come back to the Bears maybe for one training session at the end yeah, of the week right. before we play yeah. uh, on the weekend. And, and so that's that's a lot more difficult to, to piece everything together. However, all, all the it works the same at all the clubs and all the other coaches are, are under that pressure as well. Um, it's, so it's, it's, it's challenging, um, but... As I say, everyone's got the same playing field, so uh, it's really good. And and the competition, the the level, the standard of the footy that gets played in in both of these competitions is really high, and I'm really enjoying coaching. And so that, so then this week you're doing because those guys wouldn't normally be playing this much football, would that be right? Like, what comp do they normally play in these President Cup blokes? So the President's Cup guys uh, are usually good enough to be a majority of them are good enough to be playing in our bears team that plays in the canterbury cup and they you know there's sort of half part-time players in that and half full-time players if that makes sense um but to bolster the numbers we've got a number of young guys from firstly the bears uh jersey flag team Mm -hmm. which is an under 20s team this, this season that got shut down as well and also we've got some players from uh, the Roosters jersey flag team that were that were looking for a, an opportunity and have shown some uh, good ability, and then we're sort of backing that up with um, some guys who were with Asquith in in what's called the Ron Massey Cup, yeah. and we have had a feeder feeder system with Asquith, so Asquith guys feed into the Bears and the Bears feed into the Sydney Roosters, so it's a you know it's really streamlines all the way down. But, the, you know, the great thing about all of that is we've got uh, – the Bears have got direct line into the NRL. Yeah. And any juniors in the area, you know, my son under 10s, as we were talking about before, if he has the ability and any of his teammates have the ability going forward, there's a, there's a direct path right into the Roosters NRL team at the moment, uh, which is which is great for us. In, in fact, we had a, a guy by the name of Max Bailey play for the Roosters yeah. last night. yeah. Yeah, so Max has been a Bears player for the last couple of years. One of those part-time players that I'm talking about, he's a school teacher. Yeah. But a few weeks ago, with the Roosters getting hit by injuries, uh, Trent Robinson asked him to come into the bubble. He did some training with them in the preseason. So three of our guys did some training with the Roosters in the preseason. And then uh, on the back of that, Trent said to Max, I'd like you to come into the bubble and we might need you. And lo and behold, yeah, he played last night. 
only a short stint, but um, great opportunity for him, like to to achieve that dream. Yeah, it was, it was a great story. It was great to watch, and and really really clear in regards to the Bears and where we're heading and and how we're building that idea of uh, locals being out. Not that Max is a local, but he's a Bears player yeah. who got himself an opportunity to play in the NRL team last night. So let can I also now just investigate a bit? What's your in a normal world like twenty nineteen? What's your role also with the Roosters then? Because they must be asking you quite a lot about people like Max or anyone coming up. They're, they're relying heavily on you, you know, to be spotting that. What kind of a role are you playing with the Roosters as, as the Bears coach? Yeah, a strong role there um, with, you know, I work hard helping their full-time players yep. develop. And when I say that, I mean the ones that aren't playing in the NRL team each week. So, you know, most clubs have got uh, 30 to 35 players. Only 17 are playing in the NRL team each week. So, you know, you've got a few injured here and there, but the rest are playing with the Bears. Mm. Um, and I'm working hard at, at helping them to develop into the NRL player that they want to be and that Trent wants them to be, while also uh, staying on top of our, our Bears guys. Um, so that's a full-on role. And, and yeah, when, when everything did shut down, and the NRL kept going. Then I, I went into the bubble for probably six weeks and, and did some close work there with Kyle Flanagan. And one of my clear roles with them is is to be coaching their kickers, in particular the goal kickers. Uh, so I've worked hard with Kyle this year, which has been good good improvement from him. Um, and the other thing over and above all of that is, is working with our North Sydney Bears uh, lower grade teams and our coaches yeah. and, and trying to help them in regards to personal development and their, you know, them wanting to, to improve themselves as coaches. Yeah, right. And just, just currently we're working on – over the next few weeks, we're going to get started with a development program for the for the local 13s, 14s and 15s. And we're going to be inviting coaches, local coaches, to come along to that development program session, those sessions that we're going to do over sort of a seven-week period where I'm wanting to not only improve the players, if we can, but to to improve the coaches, you know, if if our if the area is going to improve and our and we're going to be able to um, produce more players that can move into NRL teams, yeah. then it starts with the coaching. Mm. It starts with the coaching, and if we can, so we're going to be inviting all of the local coaches to come along and and hopefully give them some insights and upskill them, which is uh, is going to be the best way for them to take that back to their teams and improve the individuals. Give them all a chance to to make rugby league a career. Yeah, well, that's I'd not I'd not much thought of that that about coaching coaches because we often hear I had a chance to speak to the head coach in, in PNG and he was saying that what all PNG need to do to, to really mobilise into what everyone anticipates they'll be is just they just need more um, coaches they need better coaches and and the <clears> same <throat> was said in the Philippines and the same was said recently in Fiji they everyone needs excellent coaching because all of them have players it's just about maximising their potential and. And I, I never thought about it here, but of course, if you want your your regional base to be an excellent provider, you need to have excellent coaches as well. So that makes sense because Bears, mistake me if I'm wrong, but North Sydney has a really big grassroots, like junior level football. Is that right? Yeah, it's really strong, it's, uh, and it's actually growing wow. uh, right at the moment, which is a great thing. So yeah, but you you know you you did right. I spent you know my my coaching initiation was under Brian Smith at Parramatta. Mm. And I'm eternally grateful to him and, and the education that he gave me, but he was the guru of the coach, the coach's idea and the way that he had Parramatta running uh, with their junior rep program and the amount of coaches that he produced mm. in regards to the way he educated coaches was uh, was really impressive and still using stuff that I learned off him today and and, and Roosters coach Trent Robinson came through the, the, the same school. You know, he played a little bit of Parramatta and then worked under Brian at Newcastle and at the Roosters right. um, before he went away from the Roosters and then came back again. So, um, yeah, 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 Brian Smith, real, real, he, was, he, he was really was a trailblazer in that regard uh, in regards to, to producing good young coaches uh, and teaching them the, the basics, you know, and, and a lot of it comes back to the basics, you know, people, mm. you know, the coach doesn't realise that at NRL level we practice passing and catching. Mm. You know, we practice passing and catching and there's a way to pass a rugby league ball 
uh, and there's a way not to, and, and, and that stuff's important. When you watch any footy game, you'll see the teams that catch and pass the ball really well. The, the Roosters scored some tries last night that were absolutely superb, mm. um, and you know, you watch the way James Tedesco catches and passes the ball. The ball never goes near his chest. He catches it in his hands really early, and it is in the hands of the next player before anyone knows what happened. Yeah. And that's a skill that needs to start being learnt when you're young because, you know, if the players get to 18 and they're still catching the ball on their chest, it's a big effort to try to get them to change that because they've been doing it for so long. So if we can get to, if we can get to the kids... Um, you know, when they're seven, you know, my, my, the, the he's under the 10s team, they all know you do not catch the ball on your chest. And it's, it's such a simple thing. It's such a simple thing, but, you know, James Tedesco makes an art of it. And when you watch him do it, you go, well, wow. If we can get them doing that when they're young, it's just they're, they're a step ahead the whole way. Well, Gus Gould famously said recently, you wouldn't, you if you brushed the ball, you wouldn't find his fingerprints. He had it for such a small amount of time, which I just thought was such <laughs> yeah. a great way to illustrate it. Now, you were saying before that the grassroots is growing even now. How's that going with the women's game? Is there much of a women's? I know that they have a Presidents Cup team. Is there much of a lower grades for women's game as well in North Sydney? Well, we're working hard on that, and yeah. it's something that we want to do more of. Yeah, and um, the club has just put together a foundation uh, which is an opportunity for people to uh, make donations into our foundation and one of the big things uh, other than junior league other than junior league that we want to make a special project on the back of the foundation is the women's game we've got a Harvey Norman women's team they're really competing strongly at the moment and doing great things and I've actually been I have the pleasure of starting to spend some time with them, going to their trainings and stuff, which is something I've never done in the past with the women. Uh, but we're also looking at yeah, developing our junior grades in regards to to the girls playing footy, and it's great to see. You know, I'm really I'm really loving the women's game, and and so yeah, you can make a, a donation to our foundation, and and that'll go to to those specific projects, junior league, and developing the the women um, is something that we're really passionate about, and we want to get more Bears teams down the track. And so is that about enrolment or is that about for the women's game there? Is it about resources? Is it also about coaching? Definitely coaching, coaching and resources that Mm. we're going to be able to provide and then giving opportunities to, to young girls to, to start playing the game, you know, and as we say, as we're talking about here, you know, if we can teach them the skills when they're younger, they're going to turn into some, some high quality players. Mm. And it is amazing when I talk to the, to the women, you know, in the Bears, Harvey Norman women's team, about how long they have been playing the game for. Really? You know, rugby league has been being played by women for a lot longer than I realised, I can tell you that. Mm. And um, and it's really great. It's really great to see the passion uh, going down to the girls' training and, and watching them tackle each other hard. Mm. And they do. They tackle each other hard. It's, uh, it's really great to see and they have a real passion for the game. Yeah, fantastic. Um, now, look, I'm a massive rugby league podcast nerd, um, and so I know and love lots of different rugby league podcasts. What I saw, um, as I'm also a Bears member, I, I was getting emails about the old Bears podcast. Now, tell me about that. How fun was that? Um, and, you know, what's the future of that? Yeah, we were looking to do some different things during COVID, and um, we were working really hard on trying to keep our members um Give them, give them content, and so we decided to start doing some interviews. And I did a couple where we looked at some of the '90s games mm-hmm. with the boys that I played in those games with. We had Benny Eichen on and Mick Butner and Mark Soden, and Flo interviewed a few of the old, a little bit older guys, uh, Johnny MacArthur, and um, there was some great stuff done there. And then we had, uh, yeah, some of the some of the older older bears, um, you know, Johnny Gray. Johnny Gray, like some of the games, some of the some of the old Bears games, right? So there's the '90s stuff that I'm pretty familiar with, and it actually some of that some of that downtime that we had actually gave me forced me to to go back and watch some of those games that yeah. I played in the '90s, and wow. uh, and I, and I really enjoyed watching that. But then I watched a couple of games from ni- from the 1980s, and I was just fascinated by the way the game has developed. And, you know, we talk about passing and catching. The mm. passing in those days of those leather balls and how slippery those leather balls were mm. when it rained was unbelievable. I got it, got it was great to watch. But, you know, you got guys like Johnny Gray and John Adam did some podcasts there, and, and it was it was great stuff to listen to. 
Johnny Gray's skills out of dummy half were so superb. Yeah, I just I just really enjoyed watching those nineteen eighties games and and hearing those guys talk about it was. Uh, what would have been what you were what you were seeing there, Big T? Yeah, okay. Well, I loved it, and I loved that the club was around trying to get different things um, happening during COVID. But JT, you mentioned that you really enjoyed going back and watching those nineties games. Now that may be true, but I know, like I I feel often like agonising pain thinking about the Bears in the nineties because you guys were so close, particularly in ninety seven. That that season mm-hmm. really felt like it was there. Like, do you do you reflect back on that time? I'm sure you have some great memories of it, but it does also feel sometimes like it's, you know, games that got away or, you know, are there moments of that time during the 90s that you really feel like it should have gone the other way? Or uh, I think in, in the end you get what you deserve, I suppose. And, and you know, obviously we just weren't quite good enough to, to get into one of those grand finals and, and get ourselves a win. Um, they're the facts and that's, that's sort of – for me, I do think about that from time to time and, and try to rationalise it in my head. But right. usually I just come back to the fact that we obviously just weren't good enough, you know. There was just something missing oh, there. Yeah. I love the honesty. I mean, has that come to you since coaching? Like is that kind of a thing now that you're like, you know, we didn't win because we weren't good enough or is that something you had before you started coaching? Yeah, and when I say we weren't good enough, I mean we weren't good enough on the day yeah, yeah, in yeah. regards to everything that we did. Right, and so when I say, uh, yeah, probably the coaching insights that helped me to get to that point are that you know that as a coach, um, you've got to get everything right, and um, the closer you can get it to perfect, the more chance you've got of winning. And so there were obviously days at training or or periods in games that we we just weren't there and we, we just weren't as good as we needed to be, and you know, whether it's coincidence or not, it has happened to the Bears. It happened to the Bears a lot. And it's just a fact of life. It's just part of it. Yep. And we've got to get on with it, you know. Now, Old Bears as a name is fantastic because it's a great reminder of how long a history the foundation clubs had. Um, what other things is the club doing at the moment to kind of in, in, engage or grow fans? Obviously, that podcast is great. What are other things that it's doing at the moment to galvanise or grow its fan base? Yeah, we're working hard on the performance of this uh, President's Cup team, I can yep. tell you that, and we're yep. looking to our women to be, uh, you know, no pressure, but we're looking for them to be uh, taking out the Harvey Norman Women's <laughs> Premiership this yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that helps with fans, right, really, as stupid as yeah, it sounds. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, look, it's, um, you know, there's, there's there's been a lot of talk about, about NRL and about the Bears coming back into that and, and the club – you know, it's, there's really two clear paths right now. At the moment, we are really focused on today. Mm-hmm. And as I say, we want to win this President's Cup competition and we want our girls to win the competition that they're playing in. But at the same time, the club is ready if an opportunity comes along for the Bears to, you know, re-enter the NRL competition. And I know there's, there's so many fans out there that are just desperate for that day. They're still hopeful that it's going to happen. And, and right at the moment, the... The club are in a great position in regards to Dave Perry, CEO, and and Daniel Dixon, the chairman, in regards to their commitment and just clear pathway in regards to the possibility of the of of us making a reemergence into the NRL. You know, we'd be ready. It wouldn't be it wouldn't be a North Sydney Bears in North Sydney though. It'd, you know, it's probably a, a joint venture with somebody. It's um, right. you know we're we're open to that because we know that that's that's how it would need to happen. But um, you know, so as I say, we're we're really focused on today and and continuing to build the the junior leagues and our women and and our Canterbury Cup team. But um, we're also, we've also got that side of things that we we would be ready for if that opportunity comes along. So so really positive stuff, and the the club's being run in a great fashion at the moment. That must be a really challenging thing to try and lead at once when you're trying really hard to stay in the present but also be constantly ready for the future because if you guys, say, do make it, uh, do find a, a club, the, the team that, that would merge is the New South Wales Cup team, right? So, so like all of the junior boats stays the Bears, the women's Harvey Norman Cup stays the same as the Bears. It's just that one team that you coach um, normally that, that gets amalgamated into the NRL. Is that, would that be right? Well, yeah, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't see that it's those players specifically. You know, we'd be probably looking. We'd, we'd. I think we'd be looking at a joint venture situation with a team in Queensland. Okay. You know, it it could be a current team, or it could be a, a 
a new team um, that's looking for support from a, a foundation club like the Bears that brings, you know, 200,000 yeah. avid Bears fans mm. along with them, you know. Um, so, and, and that team would have to be built from scratch. You know, that team would get built from scratch. And there's no doubt that some of the guys that we've got playing with us right. uh, would be putting their hand up for that. But that, that team would be built from scratch. And so is that the best say. scenario for you guys then would be a Queensland team that ha- doesn't exist yet? Would that be the best way for the Bears to move forward um, if they were going to, when they get back in the NRL? Well, we, we, we think being, you know, being clear and honest about it, it's going to, that, if it's going to happen, then that's, that's the fashion that it looks most likely to happen in. Yeah. But some of that's a little bit out of my yeah. area in regards <laughs> yeah. to I'm, uh, yeah. I'm focused on winning a game tomorrow. Yeah. When we go around against um, the Wentworthville Magpies yeah. at North Sydney Oval. Well, and do you know what time that's on off the top of your head? Yeah. Oh, this, of course this, I do. Well, no, but I was just trying to think. Uh, the podcast will come out after the game. I was going to say, yeah, whether I should get down there, but a lot will be played. Yeah, you will obviously know, or else yeah. you'll be late. <laughs> yeah, we'll know the. Yeah, well, we'll know the result by then, won't yeah. we? If you could tell me that now, that is really by 12, nice mate. To... <laughs> yeah, we're, we're on at two p.m. The women are playing at twelve thirty tomorrow, and um, yeah, really excited. Round round four of the revamped competition yeah. for both teams. Yeah. Okay, so what's the plan? So there's the kind of plan for the New South Wales team, and obviously for this year, you've already you've out- outlined that both. The Presidents Cup and the and the Harvey Norman teams need to win for this year. So let's think grassroots. What do you want? What do you think would be the Bears' plan for goals for the grassroots over the next five years? Well, they're looking at changing the ages of our junior rep team. So the Bears, you know, what we haven't really mentioned is we have Harold Matthews, uh, which is currently into twenty twenty. Harold Matthews competition is under sixteens competition. Right. We have FG Ball, which is under eighteens. And then we have Jersey Flag, which is under 20s. Then we've got the Canterbury Cup team and the women's team. So mm. we've got five teams there. Mm. And so, yeah, it's really strong and powering along. And with our joint venture with the Roosters, uh, we're looking to really improve our SG ball team's performance next year and then really working hard on our the development of our younger guys. So that's sort of the 14s and the 15s coming through so that they can perform well in, in Harold Matthews competitions. But the facts are that that while our numbers are really good in the local league, we do tend to struggle when we play against the, um, you know, the bigger, stronger Western type clubs in in Sydney. You know, the Penriths and the Parramatta's. Is that just sheer size, like just because they have more people to pick from, or? Yeah, yeah, basically. Mm. Yeah, that's what it usually comes down to. So, so we've got winning this year. We've got making it to the NRL, um, probably with a merged Queensland club, and then we're also got. Um, those things there. Is there anything else that the Bears are really trying to hope happens in the next in their future plans? Well, obviously, development of our women, and yeah, there's a foundation there that we've just started that people can donate to, and that's going to uh, really help with the efforts and the, you know the time and effort that's going into everything uh, in regards to to the Bears. And you know, the the thing is that the Bears are strong. You know, the Bears are strong and getting stronger, and and that's great. And as I say, it's been it's been awesome to be back. And is, so there's that foundation and become a bear. Is that something else that I've seen crops up a lot in my emails? Definitely, it's a it's a bit of a war cry we've got going at the moment. I'm a bear, and um, just trying to build membership. Um, you know, we have we have membership that's really important to us as a club. Yeah. Um, and so anyone who's out there who's who's um, always been a Bears fan. We want you to be a Bears member because the membership numbers are really important to us and we want you to get on board and become a Bears member um, because we're growing. Yep. And while you're still in that league, that the way that I rationalised it as well is that in, I, in the NRL I go for the West Tigers, but in the New South Wales Cup I go for the Bears. And so I, love I, sh- it. I should be a member of both of them. And then in the, the grade below it, I'm a, I'm a Glebe Dirty Reds fan, so I'm also a member of them. So this is also how you know other people can think about it. You might be a big Broncos fan, but... You know, you can still go for the Bears in New South Wales Cup. So, yeah, get around the memberships. They're super affordable. Um, You've got every area covered. You know you know that the Bears and the Glebe Dirty Reds played in the 1922 Grand Final. Did you know that? I did not know that. Did you just recently find that out from doing podcasts or did you know that from – how did you know that? Well, I recently found it out because we played against them two weeks ago. Yes, yeah. The Bur- and they beat they're now called the Burwood uh, Wolves. Yeah, the Glebe, Glebe Burwood yeah. Wolves. Mm. Yeah, and they beat us uh, – in round two of this competition we're in at the moment, 
and I wasn't happy, but um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I knew beforehand that um, yeah, the two teams uh, played in the 1922 Grand Final, and obviously the Bears got that victory. So it was good to go up against them again, and they got one over us. So that, hopefully we play them later in the year in the semi-finals. We we owe them. Did you bring that up in the change room beforehand? That you know that we owe these boys like our great grandfathers played in the <laughs> Don't you love that idea? Well, uh, yeah, that was uh, the two teams also played as Glebe's last game. Okay, so wow. the last game that Glebe played in the competition yeah. was in 1929, and they had a 28-all draw. Wow. Yeah. What a high-scoring yeah. draw. So then we all met again in 2020 Far on out. the back of COVID. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was <laughs> – it was three tries apiece, and we didn't kick enough goals. We didn't kick any goals, to be honest. Yeah, yeah It'd be well, good if we could get a goal-kicking coach. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, when I grew up, there was an excellent one uh, who played for the Bears, so if only he was available. Exactly. the fifth to highest John point Gray, scorer. John right? Gray, that was him. Like that. <laughs> it was. <laughs> Daryl Halligan also, think, also played for the Bears. Maybe I was talking he about did. <laughs> There you he go. Did. That's about as far back as I'm going to go. I can't get to the 20s, mate. You've beaten me. You've well and truly beaten me on that one. Um, yeah. Okay, well, that's all I've got, Jason. Is there any other questions or comments you wanted to fire in there before we finish? No, it's been great. I've really li- li- um, enjoyed it and I was about to say liked and loved and enjoyed at the same time and got confused. But, um, <laughs> I do that to people, yeah, mate. I, ju- I, I just love your passion, uh, Big T. It's awesome. So thanks for having me. No, not at all, mate. It was a real pleasure of mine. My um, my childhood me is looking up, holding a Jason Taylor footy card right now and can't believe I'm talking to you. So thanks, thanks so much for this, champion. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. I honestly had so much fun talking to Jason Taylor. And then he called me a couple of days later to talk to me about something in it because, and I'm so glad I remembered because he called me later and I was like, oh my God, Jason Taylor, we are going to be best friends. It's happening. Oh my God. And he called to remind me and he was worried that he didn't put it in, but I'm sure he said it. I'm a, I'm a member of the North Sydney Bears. I'm also a member of the um, Glebe Dirty Reds. And I was explaining to him that I, I go for the Tigers in, in the top level, but in New South Wales Cup, I go for the Bears. And um, and then I was a member. And he said that the membership thing they do, that I, I stand with the Bears, I think it's called, or I'm a bear. Now I can't remember what it's called, but it's tax deductible. Like, it's just such a great... They're running such an excellent organisation over there at the moment. So if you're, if you're in the New South Wales vibe, anyone else who's looking for a team in New South Wales Cup, obviously Newtown Jets are fantastic before Albie shouts at me, but also North City Bears, fantastic organisation, get around them.